You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, man. Remember, we have to call in and congratulate the Triviality Podcast on their 100th episode. We wouldn't want them to miss information. A trivia podcast. What should we say, though? Excuse me, could I get the soap, please? Um, we can tell them, like, how much their fans appreciate how four busy dudes from Chicago manage to put a fun trivia podcast together each week. Yeah, I'll have, um, I'll have them all back. And their guest booking skills are off the charts. I mean, obviously they booked us, Misinformation, a trivia podcast a bunch of times, so that goes without saying. And they tolerate us calling them our podcast brothers. Um, you know what, I'll do a cheese plate, too. It was so much fun to hang out with them in person over Geek Bowl weekend. Oh my god, remember when the cute one said that thing about... Oh, you know what? We should get one of those, too. Oh, okay, yeah, let's definitely do that. Oh my god, yes. He is really cute and funny. I can't wait to have them on our show again. Which show? Uh, Misinformation, a trivia podcast. Yeah, we definitely need to call them later. Let uh, let me just check the number on this. Oh my god, wait, has this been on the whole time? Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Alright, hello and welcome to Triviality. You've heard this a hundred times before, because this is our hundredth episode. Yeah! Alright, we all know I'm a giant pedant. They would have only heard it 99 times before. Okay. That voice you heard was Jeff. Uh, He's a know-it-all. <laughs> correcting me for the 100th time. <laughs> Great job. Ken is also here for the 100th time. This is not true because we've all missed episodes. Yeah, but I think so. I, uh, I am here for the 100th time. Yeah, Neil. Hey, good job. Perfect attendance, Neil. Thank you. And I, I now I will be leaving the show. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> he has reached his contractual obligation of 100 episodes, and he will no longer be I will be replaced by Christopher Plummer. Yes. Hello, Triviality. <laughs> I thought we were going to get Kurt Russell. Is that is that we wrote down? Yeah. So uh, my one of my favorite facts of Walt Disney, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but when he died, uh, he wrote the name Kurt Russell on a piece of paper. Yeah. They that's didn't his know last words. that's who he wanted it to was, replace Neil. That's on who murdered episode. Walt Disney. <laughs> it was Kurt Russell. <laughs> Clutched in Walt's cold, <laughs> dead hands. Kurt Russell. <laughs> Snake Plissken himself. Snake Plissken. Uh, so, Matt, even though you introed the show and it's the 100th show. You're going to uh, try to jack the spotlight for <laughs> I know. I'm going to say, who is, who is here that has been on the episode uh, number 5, 10, and 52? Um, probably not me because I missed the most episodes. But the answer to that question is Jason Borsum of Liquid Courage. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He's here in the studio. He's here in we're the flesh. So, we're so good at saying his company's name. Long right? live the long live I mean, the we, flesh. We all grew up in the same Midwestern area. How do we all pronounce courage differently? Uh, you say courage? I did. Courage? Oh, my goodness. You did. It's like we're getting in your head. Oh. You're like an earworm. I've Neil, got beach you're rubbing front, off on me. I don't like this. Beachfront property in Jason's head right now. <laughs> Ooh. Rent-free. Uh, well, Jason will be hosting our episode. Yes. We're going to be playing by ourselves. We uh, haven't done that for, since the beginning. Since, so, so if you've listened to those early episodes, I'm sorry. Um, but we also <laughs> played by ourselves a lot, uh, and we didn't do so well. So we didn't have friends. And, and we some of them we recorded. Friends. Sometimes we didn't record. Now so. we have so many trivia friends. So this is going to be a loosey-goosey, four-for-all uh, 
we're not going to worry too much about scores today, right? Yeah. We're just going to kind of have a conversation. Three of us are not going to worry about scores. One of us, who I'm pointing at, is going to be worried <laughs> about his score. And yeah. I feel bad if he does bad. Because I'm going to lose. <laughs> going to get the results tattooed on his lower back. <laughs> oh, I would love the day we could get Jeff to get a tattoo off a bet or a lost game. Never on my lower back. 25% of us have back tattoos right now. <laughs> like they're Ta- removable. Tattoos on the back are a, uh, a samurai shame. Mm. Yeah, I can't go to a bathhouse, I know that for sure. Um, so, you know, we're going to play with the format a little bit. We have some uh, people called in and left us some very nice messages. We'll be playing those from those people. Yeah, uh, thank you for doing that. Um, and today's episode is sponsored no. by <laughs> Iron Brew, <laughs> original <laughs> and best it's not. by way of Adam Addy Lewis. He gave 100 sponsorships away. Yeah, he gave us a um, giant bottle of this um, when we were in uh, Vegas. Um, and we weren't sure how we were going to get it home because they were... It was not fitting in any of it's, our bags. It's more than three ounces, and for my, sure. My bag was slightly overweight, so we had to finagle it back, yeah, but it so made it. it. did some jumping jacks, lost the weight. We got the Iron Brew in the bag, and we're uh, we're trying it out now, and it's a very interesting flavor. Yeah, Jeff loves it, because um, <laughs> it is the essence of Iron Brew that's brewed in Scotland since 1901. Yeah. Secret 32 flavors. I think this one was brewed in 1901. It tastes <laughs> a little a little funny. I don't know if that's just me. <laughs> I think it's just a flavor you're not used to, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Orange cream soda hasn't made its way to America yet, but I feel like any day now. <laughs> no, that's what it is. It's like if cream soda incepted orange drink yeah. in its dreams. Matt, tell me this. This is what it says. A spirit that's as bold as its taste, you can't describe it because there's nothing like it. But I, I is just, that true? I just did describe it. Okay. But... <laughs> It's, it, it Don't tell a, me my business bottle. Yeah, it has a general idea. So. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, uh, sponsored by Iron Brew, let's go to the rules guy and get uh, the rules for today's game. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions at the end of the game someone will be named the cream of the crop the cream of the crop nobody does it better oh, a special reading for a hundredth episode you know i'm i'm having trouble kind of remembering the rules can mm-hmm. we run it back one more time with the rules guy the rules of the game are simple no okay well, yeah. all right let's just jump into the game <laughs> in that case all right guys so we're ready to go yeah I all right let's jump right on in with uh question one it is a complete coincidence that what automaker located far from Israel, shares its name with the name of the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. I really don't know. Yeah. This is why I hate playing by myself, because now my ignorance really shows. (laughs) (laughs) I heard this on a Morgan Freeman documentary this week on Netflix, and I'm like, that is good question fodder. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. And I went in the research and made sure, yep, no connection whatsoever. It's a complete homophonic coincidence. I've been watching you for the third time. Back in Israel, there was a car company. You're getting there. Its name was Peugeot. <laughs> That's all I got. I got Peugeot. Peugeot's a really fun one. I like that. I'll, I'll go, uh, I'm going to go say Nissan. Yeah, I said it's a coincidence because this would be the most not Hebrew name, but uh, Fiat. And I said, uh, I thought Zion, Scion. Oh, there you go. Uh, congratulations, Chef. You are on the board with Nissan, the oh. seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. Yeah, apparently the auto brand uh, name is a combination, like a portmanteau of uh, the holding company that eventually became Nissan. Okay. So it was kind of their name on the uh, Tokyo Stock Exchange. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ni and San are two and three, right? Yeah, yeah. Ichi, Nissan. Shiga. So um, Nissan mm. used to be Datsun, was the one of the primary companies that owned it. And uh, most I of them... Michael Jordan owned it. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I think the 23 comes from their like racing car history. Mm. Um, okay. So there, there's something in there with that. I don't know if it's that first or whatever, but yeah, there's something there with yeah, that. Yeah, I've right. heard the 2-3 the connection with Nissan. Did Jim Carrey figure out the 23 connection? <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so moving on to question two, guys. Though she was born with the last name Tomalin, what famous actress continues to use her first married name professionally? which she acquired during her marriage from 1967 to 1979 to the man who played Prince Humperdinck in The Princess Bride. Oh, man. I'm never going to get this, so I'm locked oh. in with a guess. Mm-hmm. No, her last I have name no idea. isn't The Giant, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go with uh, Lily Tomlin, which I know is incorrect. But mm. No idea here. Yeah, I don't know. Jane Lynch. I put Carrie Elwes. <laughs> okay. We're all really good at this. 
Prince Humperdinck was portrayed by Chris Sarandon. Oh, oh right, from and, Fright Night. And that is where Susan Sarandon got her uh, professional working Neat. name. Yeah, from Fright Night. Yeah, she has a, a string of um, uh, ping pong, or, really? or places you can go hang out and play ping pong. There's one in Chicago, it's called Spin. Susan Sarandon owns that. Yeah, she owns all like they're all across I the country. Spin was a gay club. <laughs> there was there was a gay club called Spin, not anymore though, in Boys in Boys Town. But they, this is a ping pong. Do you think the club goers show up at, are disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Then they play ping pong and they're happy. Yeah, fair it's enough. It's a win win. Well, win. Just the one win. <laughs> Just one win for right. Susan Sarandon. Question three, guys. What first name, which sounds like it belongs better in another country's royal family, did William and Kate? give to their third child, born in 2018, and who currently sits fifth in line to ascend to the British throne behind grandpa, dad, brother, and sister. I have no idea, so I'm guessing. Yep. Believe it or not. I'm trying to remember. I'm going to say Wilhelm. (laughs) Oh, Prince Prince Wilhelm. I only eat silverware that is porcelain. Um, (laughs) You eat the silverware? (laughs) (laughs) Should we all just identify one different thing about what he just said to, uh, yeah. to harp no, on? we're good. Um, Charlotte is is uh, one of their kids. I can't remember if that's the second born. That's the George. second one. George is the kid, the first mm-hmm. one. Yep. I'm changing my guess. Okay. Well, I said um, an answer that I've guessed wrong many times before. Napoleon. Okay. Uh, I'm saying Edward. Mm-hmm. That's... Edward's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, I, the only one I remember was George, so I said George. I said Henry. Okay. Uh, George would be the third in line to the yeah. British throne. There were 16 kings of France with this name, though. Louis. Louis. Mm. Mm. Named for a great uncle, if I remember correctly. Mm. Louis. I got the right country. The Earl of Monda. Anderson. Or, or something like that, yeah. There's some French in there if you go far <laughs> enough back. Named after Louis Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Louis the Sixteenth was the son king or whatever right when he had the sons on everything like i was really hoping you finished that with of louis the 15th <laughs> prince william was a big uh louis ck fan there uh, you go until recently. It, it was in the until before recently. time yeah. yeah but he still wanted to honor him by maybe <laughs> his son after. <laughs> all right guys let's move on to question four the hometown of fictional characters like will and grace's grace adler and spider-man's dr octopus what city lies about 15 miles southeast of its state's capital and derives its hard-to-spell name from a Mohawk word meaning beyond the pines. Ah, the place beyond the pines. place beyond the pines. Where it take place. <laughs> I think I know where it is. I'm going to lock in. Oh. Would Looks this like... be something that your brother would have trouble saying? I think so. I, I That's my, my gut, but I, I now that he reread it, I'm thinking it could be something else, but I'm going to go with it anyway, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I have an answer. Uh, we 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 drove right past it on our way to Boston, I think. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I, I did a movie here. Uh, <laughs> I did a movie in this in this town. Actually, it wasn't even in this town. It was the entire city. I rebuilt it from the ground up inside a giant. Is this warehouse. helping you at all? Come on, come on. No. Is it making no. it worse? <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> come on, you like my movies, right? Hold Jeff? on. There's a. No, there's a. Uh, Have you seen Capote? Let me just let me just tell you, working with Charlie on this film was uh, a great honor. <laughs> no, there's a there's a joke answer I want to put in, but I can't remember the joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time's up. That's the most Jeff thing I've so, ever. So uh, Neil and I are saying Schenectady. Schenectady. Um, However you say it, yeah. And oh I said, yeah. Um, That's wo- not far from Albany. I said Wooster. So. And I couldn't think of anything in time. Yeah, so good the, idea there, but it is Schenectady, New York. Nice. So the joke, the joke here is that there's a movie called Synecdoche, New York, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, his brother was having trouble uh, differentiating Synecdoche, New York, and Schenectady. Ugh. Oh, how that could, could definitely mess with your head. How could, how could that happen? Yeah. All right, points. Nice. Right. Oh, you're, you're taking Lucy Goosey pretty seriously uh-huh. here. Question five, guys. Zombieland, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, Jack and Jill... Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and I Love You Man are all movies that feature what film trope or conceit played in these cases for comic value. Okay. I I think I know what you're getting at. I'm locked in. Oh. Yeah, I'm into. Jeffrey. Are you locked in? Yeah. I don't okay. Care. I'll lock in. I believe it is a um, fictionalized version of, of a celebrity or cameo playing themselves, but a, a comedic version of it. Yes, I agree. And I said the same thing. I said Chekhov's gun. 
<laughs> three out of four ain't bad. Yeah, those are five examples of films where uh, actors play somewhat fictionalized yeah. versions of themselves. The Lou Ferrigno's the mm-hmm. I Love You Man. And I Love You oh, Man. Yeah. Got Bill Murray in Zombieland, uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Harold and Kumar, yeah. Al Pacino and Jack and Jill. I want to say no fewer than four notable names in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back because you yeah. have Matt Damon, you have Ben Affleck, Mark you also Hamill. have uh, Mark uh, Hamill. Oh, I had him. Uh, James Vanderbeek and Jason Biggs. Yeah. Slap at a base. I really liked. Uh, I've, I've been watching the the British so, show extras, mm-hmm. and every episode they have a different one of these, which is really oh, Ricky funny. Gervais. Oh, yeah. the, the one with Ben Stiller is funny, right? Isn't he yeah, he's like, like a total yeah, jerk. That's yeah, yeah. super funny. Yeah, yeah. We took uh, being John Malkovich right off that list for obvious <laughs> reasons. <laughs> Another Charlie Kaufman, Synecdoche, New York. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're moving on to question six, gang. Just two years after he finished eighth grade. What comedian went viral on YouTube, leading to a career that included stand-up specials like What, Words, 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 and Make Happy, yep. before seemingly quitting comedy for more artistic pursuits? I'm in. I'm kind of between, I don't think it'd be Bo Burnham, because he still did stand-up uh, up until he was quite older and mm-hmm. then directed, but I'm thinking of, um, he had uh, he had like a mop cut, haircut, dark hair. Dimitri Martin. Dimitri Martin, yeah. Because he did art, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I wonder if he quit comedy to do that. These are jokes, Neil. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Demetri Martin. I also said Demetri Martin. I think you're going to kick yourself because it's Bo Burnham. Bo oh. Burnham. Yep, the uh, writer and producer of 8th grade, Bo Burnham. Oh. Uh, I should have went with it. That's why we're they're similar, though. I should have went and saw him play uh, live while I had the chance. Did you? Oh, you wish you would have? I wish, yeah. 8th yeah. Yeah. grade was great. I think uh, Make Happy is still on Netflix, too. It's pretty uh, good. Last yeah. I saw it, is, it still is. And just one of the best pieces of... I don't even want to call it stand-up comedy. No, it's, the, it's weird. Well, yeah, uh, performance it's art. Very much performance mm-hmm. art. Wisecrack did a really interesting video on the, like the his three stand-up specials. The philosophy like, of, of it. Like phases that, yeah. Of phases of postmodernism, and it's mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, question seven, guys. Wide right, no goal... And the Music City Miracle are all phrases that haunt sports fans of what beleaguered city that hasn't seen a championship in any of the four major sports leagues since 1965. The old Scott Norwood. I'm locked. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm locked. locked. All right, I said uh, St. Louis. Okay. Okay, I said Nashville. I said uh, Minneapolis. It's Buffalo. It absolutely is Buffalo. Mm. Music City Miracle was Tennessee against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's oh, that's right, because Tennessee won. Yeah, I yeah. always think of Tennessee when they lost the Super Bowl with like they're like a yard away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Buffalo never wins. Yeah, okay. and the no goal was the Stanley Cup Finals against, uh, I believe, the Dallas Stars. Yeah. The Brett Hull triple overtime game six mm-hmm. shot. Yeah, wide and right. Scott like you Norwood said, Scott Norwood with wide right. Yeah, what's wide right? A field goal went wide right. Oh, that was that's one, like of, one of their four 90. losses. <laughs> I think it was 90 90, 90 or 91 that's why i guess first what, what's it, what's it like to win, to lose a really important game by one field goal there I is wonder. a amazing documentary on netflix called losers mm. that's about people that came up really short in one of those kind of situations and I, was I, that was that released before or after the bears uh, Cody Cody Hart? yeah there's, there's no uh, double doinks in this one sadly Oh, poor guy gets a bad rap well he's fired now so who cares <laughs> not our problem <laughs> he's gone all right, so these next three that we're going to have to finish the round are uh, submissions from fellow pub trivia hosting friends of mine around the country. Oh, right. thank you. So I want to thank, uh, for this first one, Third Degree Entertainment, located in the Spokane and Coeur d'Alene area. Mm-hmm. Um, working both states. I didn't realize how close those cities were we're to each other. We're going national, boys. Yep. Uh, and he asks, on average, Pornhub viewers spend 15 minutes per viewing of videos in the amateur category. Ugh. What I want to know is what category sees the lowest average viewing time at just over three minutes for reasons <laughs> that I can presume you can imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> is this the one that you were nervous about? This is the heads up. We might go blue in this episode. Uh, that's question. Right. Um, so categories God. of pornography that uh, have the shortest viewing I, time. I shortest average I imagine, time at just over three minutes per individual. Viewing. I imagine boat is up there. <laughs> what? <laughs> boat porn? Like, oh, look at that hole. Food porn? <laughs> How do we get back-to-back hole references on these questions? Oh, food porn. I'm, I'm locked in. With yeah, like, me too. The Food the Network answer. is irresponsible. Uh, I'm going to go with vintage. All right. Well, I would be remiss, and I think the boys would be disappointed in me if I didn't say Hentai. Japanese. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought maybe it's celebrity. Uh, I said f- Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on, I man. You don't have to bleep that. No, no, no we'll, keep we'll keep the bleep. Do, we'll bleep else. it. We'll bleep it. Just bleep it. This, this is a family thing. show. Well, not for this question. Uh, gentlemen, it's redheads. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> as of uh, 2019 uh, website data, apparently. That's There you go. Whatever. Yeah. Moving on as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and we never talked about it again. Question nine comes to us from Footnote Trivia, located in the San Francisco metro area. And they ask, in 1864, President Lincoln approved the founding of Gallaudate University in Washington, D.C., one of the first bilingual colleges in the U.S. One of its two languages was English. What was the other? Mm, locked locked in. in. Oh, damn. <laughs> Your memory serves you well, then. I thought this was going to be about creating the Secret Service or whatever that was. No, that, that's good. I think he did that in 1865. He though. did it right before. He, the papers were on his desk yeah. basically when he was killed yeah essentially so, the day he was assassinated should have should have done it a little faster but that's the same i have three years of taxes to do so i understand <laughs> uh i'm just gonna lock in with um latin i'm gonna say uh based on our close to um canada maybe it's french mm-hmm. i'm gonna sign my answer to you uh, that's a good call because it's sign language yeah it absolutely is american sign language so points on that one for uh, Jeff and Ken. We, uh, we had to come up on French? an episode before. I oh, remember okay. because um, I had never heard of Gallaudet. And the other thing was it was in Washington, D.C. And Matt and I were seeing how many universities in Washington, D.C. we could name. We say Georgetown. It was right? basically like two. Yeah, <laughs> I think we locked in with Georgetown. <laughs> and I took uh, sign language in college. And I kind of remember that. Oh, very nice. All right, so let's finish out the first half with question 10. This one comes to us from James Key, located in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Louisville. A lot of trivia players that way, it seems. Louisville. Yeah, shout out to all our Louisville fans. They tell us how to pronounce it. Ah. Or they don't because they're polite. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we can't pronounce courage correctly, why, mm. why are we going to try with Louisville? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, James asks, in the song, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, even though she had been drinking too much eggnog, what prompted Grandma to leave the house and suffer her horrible fate? There's actually a full-length animated movie that's uh, really bad. I'm going to say there arose such a clatter that mm. she sprang from her home to see what was the matter. Mm. And then she got run over by a reindeer. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the lyrics, but I can't. I'm just going to say someone stole her car. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a reason to leave. I'm going to say that there was a sale on hard candies at the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can almost hear it. Werther's. Mm. Yeah. That's more for grandpa. She was drinking too much eggnog. ASMR. Uh, I'm ass- I assume it was after 8 o'clock she had to go to bed. So, Okay, so you guys are all locked in? Yeah. According to the lyrics of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, she forgot her medication. That's right. Uh, well, she went to the grocery store. I guess it wasn't for candy. It's funny how like immediately you can hear it as soon as you hear the answer. Mm. Like in cadence. Well, mm. I have 20 points. I have 20 points. Ooh, big 40 over here. Ooh, big 40. Wow. I'll get 30. All right. So the real winners are the audience right now. Yeah, they're probably doing much better than us. Tell us how much better you're doing than us. We appreciate it. Or don't. I'll get sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, then definitely do. <laughs> hey, any chance to um actually, Jeff, is mm. a good chance to take. Oh, Absolutely. there's so many. Let's swing round. Yeah, let's jump right into the swing round, which uh, tonight is titled Trivia Three Ways. Uh, a little bit of a play on words since uh, the word trivia basically is derived from the Latin for three and way mm-hmm. hmm. okay so these are going to kind of work like tri bonds i'm going to give you uh three very brief descriptions uh that all apply to the same word all you have to do is come up with the correct word okay so number one a school in pennsylvania a part of the head and a culturally important building number two a superhero a software platform a juggling trick number three a card a weapon, an organization. Number four, a religious ceremony, a physical property, a state abbreviation. Number five, an 80s film character, a mammal, a sin. Number six, a birthstone, a first name, a programming language. Number seven, a video game protagonist, a website feature, a movie caveman. Number eight. Oh, I got one. A poet, 
a scoring sports play, a sitcom character. Number nine, a fashion accessory, a singing technique, a drink. And number 10, a dog, an athlete, a former senator. So we'll give those to you one more time. Number one, a school in Pennsylvania, a part of the head, a culturally important building. Number two, a superhero, a software platform, a juggling trick. Number three, a card, a weapon, an organization. Number four, a religious ceremony, a physical property, a state abbreviation. Number five, an 80s film character, a mammal, a sin. Number six, a birthstone, a first name, a programming language. Number seven, a video game protagonist, a website feature, a movie caveman. Number eight, a poet, a scoring sports play, a sitcom character. Number nine, a fashion accessory, a singing technique, a drink. And number 10, a dog, an athlete, a former senator. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're going to have a 30 seconds here to discuss, so I only have a brief amount of time to cover our Patreon plug for this episode. That's the magic of podcasts, 30 <laughs> seconds to think this over. So uh, if you are considering supporting the show, and we'd be ever grateful if you would do so, you can do that at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast, where in addition to helping us out a little bit, you can actually get a little bit for yourself, too. We've got some great perks and benefits over there, including bonus episodes and some uh, swag for patrons. And uh, we'd like to also put um, some things out there just for patrons only, like our our wagers after we uh, fulfill the bets. Yeah. So, and we're recording a game after this that's going to drop at some point, so be on the lookout for that. We did an AMA recently that's uh, exclusively only on Patreon. So yeah, which is ridiculous. It is real, that. real good. So, um, yeah, if, you're, if you'd like to support us, you can do so there, and uh, we would be forever grateful. So uh, now that we're all locked in, back yeah, to the like game. Looks like you guys are good to go. So let's go over these uh, one at a time and see how you did. Mm-hmm. Number one, a school in Pennsylvania, a part of the head, a culturally important building. I went with Temple. Also went with Temple. I went with Temple. I uh, did not answer. Should have gone with Temple. That is indeed (laughs) the answer we were looking for. 
Number two, a superhero, a software platform, a juggling trick. So uh, after a little bit of in-studio cheating with... Uh, <laughs> I think you mispronounced chatting, but okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we came up with, uh, or I came up with Shazam. Yes, after I told Ken, the answer was Shazam. <laughs> you didn't tell me the I answer. Gave you lots you of feel bad because I think I got there on my own, but I thought it was Shazam. I went with Shazam. Flash. What? Oh. Flash the superhero, Flash the software platform, and a particular technique in juggling. Mm. You're going to... You're going to sit here and tell me that Shazam isn't a superhero, a software, and a juggling technique? I'm going to tell you that Shazam, to my knowledge, is not a juggling trick. I'm going to look that up because I can almost guarantee you. I can't wait to invent the juggling technique, Shazam. Shazam. So it's retroactively correct. Yeah. It's right, the best fine. kind of correct. Be on the lookout for that. Very well, Flash. All right. Let's see what you guys came up with. Number three, a card, a weapon, an organization. Uh, I was lost on this one, oh. so I just put uh, Blackjack. Uh, Boy Scouts of America. Oh, I, I got distracted and forgot to write anything. The most I just dangerous put, weapon. Boy I just Scouts. put uh, Cross. I think you guys uh, were looking a little too more, a little too specifically on this one. Club. Mm. Oh. I said, never mind. <laughs> I went Diamond, Heart, Spade. Well, it's not a card. <laughs> uh, All right, number four, a religious ceremony, a physical property, a state abbreviation. No idea. Oh, uh, I believe this is mass. Mm. Uh, yeah, I put uh, I put ra r a. <laughs> and it's one of the older abbreviations before the postal uh, system brought it down to two letters. But that would be mass. Mm. That was the uh, one that could throw me off gotcha. until I thought physical properties. I can do this. I couldn't mm-hmm. get out of the uh, the two letters. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's fair for sure. Number five, an eighties film character, a mammal, a sin. Said sloth. I know it's a mammal and a sin. I couldn't think of the 80s film character, but I said sloth. Yeah, on that basis, I went sloth. Sloth. Well, sloth does love chunk in the Goonies. Oh, yeah, nice yeah, job, yeah. guys. Number six, and I will concede that there's probably at least two correct answers that I have to take for this. Uh, a birthstone, a first name, a programming language. So the sapphire based on your question, based on my answer by sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just went with sapphire. Uh, I guessed pearl. Yeah, I went with amber. And the answer I have for this is Ruby, but I cannot say that Pearl is wrong. Mm. So I would give uh, points for sure for That's Pearl. Okay, I'll, I'll, say, my, I'll say Pearl is wrong. To my knowledge, Pearl Sapphire and Amber are not the names of programming languages. Uh, Pearl is, however, it is a homophone. I believe it's uh, spelled P-E-R-L, but yeah, I'll give it to you. I cannot take, wait to the invent the computer programming language of Sapphire after this as well. We have a lot of A lot of do. them are named for gemstones, so yeah. I, I kind of opened myself a little bit on that one. Uh, number seven, a video game protagonist, a website feature, a movie caveman. Uh, Link. Yeah, or when he's had a few cups of coffee, he's a hyperlink, but we said Link. <laughs> nice. I said Link. I said Link. And that's a clean sleep all around. Uh, Link, the uh, caveman from Encino Man. <laughs> oh, perfect. Brendan or, Fraser. That's or the name that they, they called him. It was a shortened form yeah. of whatever Wikipedia said the mm-hmm. actual character name was. Uh, number eight, a poet, a scoring sports play. A sitcom character. No idea on this one. Uh, Frost. Yeah, I know this. So a scoring sport play would be an ace, which would be. There's, I think there's an ace somewhere else. So I just said ace. I said Byron. Um, I said Frost. Uh, you got to go way back in literary history to get to this poet. Chaucer. Homer. Slam dunk. Oh, oh Homer. Oh, man. What yeah, a lot write? of these, oh. once you see them, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then. Dope. <laughs> What's oh oh my god! <laughs> like, Never mind, redacted. Did you just not recognize a Simpsons reference? Yeah. Wow, Matt is. It's I think late. this is. I think it's time for you to hang up your boots and. Yeah. The tribe has spoken. Is that right. how that works? They have boots now. The crop has spoken. Uh, there we go. Number nine: a fashion accessory, a singing technique, a drink. Uh, brooch. I had nothing here and said yodel. I said tube and throat. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have anything. Yeah, a couple of these definitions were a little squirrely, but uh, the answer here is belt. Uh, it's a drink. Yep. It's like a, like to a, take a belt a of uh, uh, a flask, for instance, or to belt out a song. And then uh, number ten, a dog, an athlete, a former senator. I just said beagle. <laughs> I said Scooby. Well, this I don't know if it works for the senator, but it seems to work for both the athlete and the dog. So I said bolt. Mm, I said mutt. Uh, serving in the Senate until 2017, representing the state of California, Barbara Boxer. 
Oh, oh that's right. Boxer, yeah. Well, that was a thing that happened, guys. How did we do? So I'm up to 35. I am tied with Matt at 35. Oh, bringing up the rear. 55 here. And I tie the lead at 55. Ooh. Oh, it's a tale of two cities going right now. Oh. All right, let's start uh, the second half with question one. If a WWE wrestler suffered from taphophobia, what specific match stipulation would he be most concerned about competing in? I'll give you the fear again. It's taphophobia, T-A-P-H-O phobia. Okay, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And so a sneak in a wrestling of, question for you guys. Yeah. Could be a, a, a cell match. They don't like being in closed cell. I'm going to say um, in, a, in a, ca- a cage match. Okay. All right. I'm going to say a ladder match. Uh, maybe I thought maybe it was the fear of fire, and I said an inferno match. Mm, I also said fear of fire. Taphophobia, gentlemen, is the fear of being buried alive. Oh, uh, no Undertaker. <laughs> Definitely stay away from Undertaker. Yep. He will. He'll put you. And I'm, I'm really glad nobody said casket match because I don't know how I would have ruled that. Mm, yeah. Well, now we're gonna play the Undertaker's entrance, and we'll see you guys in 25 minutes. <laughs> Here come the druids. <laughs> All right, let's move on to question two. Gustav Vigeland designed them. There are currently 133 of them, and each one shows three naked men hugging. What is this? What game, are they, Jason? Okay, I have an answer, which is one of the two best kinds of answers. <laughs> I'm gonna say um, they're Easter eggs mm-hmm. with naked men on them. It's funny you say that because I said Fabergé eggs. I'm gonna go with uh, boats. <laughs> Boats. <laughs> boats, boats, boats. That's a good one. I uh, I said uh, beer containers. It probably would have helped if I told you that on the other side of them, they featured uh, Alfred Nobel. Oh. They are the 133 Nobel Peace Prizes. Oh. What about the Fields Medal? <laughs> what about the Fields Medal? What's on it? Fields Medal. The Not Fields three medal. naked men hugging. Do you know that? Have you seen it? There's a picture of a field on the it? Fields Medal. You can have my Fields Medal. <laughs> fields of Dreams, right? The Fields Medal of Dreams. The Sally Fields Medal. <laughs> the dreams. Mrs. Fields Medal. The Sally Fields Medal of Dreams, yeah. <laughs> you like me. You really like me. You guys ready for question three? Yep. Pour right, me some more please. iron brew, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take another belt of that. Uh, number three. Video games that feature common elements like side-scrolling, platforming, and large, non-linear, interconnected maps where full access is restricted until players acquire certain items or abilities, are often grouped together into a genre named for a portmanteau of what two franchises, Ah. often considered the origins of the genre. I know this one. My time to shine. This one I think is hard. Yeah, I think if if you don't know it, if you don't know it, you don't know it. It's one of those kind of tough ones. I think I have half of it, but I feel like I can't get the other half. I don't know how reverse engineerable this one's going to be. Yeah, it's not. I feel like you've got a shot on it, though. How's that iron brew? You know, it's it's Scottish. We're all like, I don't know if I like it, but everyone's. I know. It, <laughs> we can't stop. Actually, I mean, we're we're almost actually more than halfway done with it. It's so. actually the only thing keeping me up right now. Maybe yeah. one mm. of the tastes like sheep's and two ingredients is cocaine. <laughs> Listen to that. That sounds good. Actually, I kind of want some more. Where's my Where's my right? mug? Where's my flask? Can you have some up. of that mug? Fill my flask. Eddie, you are a saint. For all the uncertainty we had at the beginning of this episode, we are all dialing in now. I'm going to say Zelda and Final Fantasy. Mm. You guys go. I'm pretty sure Castlevania is involved somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. So I said uh, Castle Castle Delving. I don't know. Yeah, I said Donkey Pong. (laughs) So the two games are uh, Metroid and Castlevania, and it's Metroidvania. Yep, and points to Matt on that one. They are known... uh, and it's a term that's come out over the last couple of years as Metroidvanias. I think you're better than me, Matt. <laughs> In that category. Modern yes. examples include like the indie game Celeste. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The, I think technically um, like the Prince of Persia games are kind of in that area. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. So question four, guys. What iconic film character's name? <laughs> what happened there, Neil? <laughs> One take, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Went down the wrong pipe. That iron brew does not go down smooth, but it's great. <laughs> when it's when it's down your lungs, it's when you inhale it. It does not go down. They take our lives. He has an iron lung brew. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a weird episode. 
Yeah, we might as well Jason. keep it going, right? Question, it. question four, guys. What iconic film character's name came about because the sound designer for a 70s film soundtrack asked its director for a particular reel of film along with a particular dialogue track? The director liked the way he asked for it so much he included it in his next major project. Uh, it doesn't sound like anything I'm familiar with. Adam Lacton. I have an answer, yeah. I've heard this too. I'm guessing it's from maybe from the sound designer of Star Wars, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ewok. I'm going to say Luke Skywalker because I know his original name was Starkiller. Oh, I just said Shaft. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't even think of a 70s film character. Okay. Jaws. Jaws. The there character. you go. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Uh, two of you kind of danced around it. The uh, film soundtrack in question was the soundtrack for American Graffiti, mm-hmm. which, of course, was uh, directed by George Lucas. Lucas yeah. And the sound designer asked him specifically if he could get access to R2, D2. Mm-hmm. R for uh, real, D for dialogue. That makes sense. And that's where the droid name came from, R2, cool. D2. C-3PO's over there? <laughs> I cannot stop <laughs> drinking this iron brew. I don't even drink soda, and I'm like, I'm, it, it's great. Triviality, the soda cast coming soon. Number five, what venerable program is both the first and the only regularly scheduled TV program in the U.S. that has never used theme music? I bet you could tell what show it was by sound nonetheless. Yeah, I'm locked in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm 100% sure. And if I'm wrong, then I was not. (laughs) Okay. I reserve the right to change those odds in post. Uh, 60 minutes. Oh. Yeah, I said Geo Party. I also said Rixty Minutes. I mean, 60 Minutes. Well, 60 Minutes makes a lot of sense. I said Law and Order, but now I remember it does have a theme song. So yeah, that's 10 points for Ken and Jeff on that 60 Minutes. Uh, since its inception, and in, I think the 60s, has never used the theme song and just has that iconic stopwatch sound. And I think mm-hmm. it's been about 60 minutes since I got my last point, so it's going <laughs> to be back on the board. So you're saying there's a chance. Question six. I know people hate algebra because letters and numbers are supposed to be different but if you spelled out the name of every whole number ad infinitum what two letters would you never ever write damn okay you asked this before no somebody uh, asked blew it, it i don't believe it was me no we blew it which is something not too embarrassed j and uh is there a q where am i missing it i don't know q I said uh, K and Z because I think somebody talked me out of putting Zillion last time because it's not a real number or Ah. something like that. I said K and Q. JK. JK it is. Mm. J and K never appear in the spelled out names of any whole names. You know what it was? I was probably... I probably was saying that Zillion was a number, and then somebody talked me out of it last time, and then he's like, oh, it is a number. That is exactly how that You did ask this question because... So it's Jeff's fault. (laughs) I remember because J and K... I didn't talk you out of it. I said, oh, it's like Men in Black. That's Uh how you remember it. I really don't think that was me, though. It was not. Uh, I could tell you who it was in a second here, but it was not. One of our great hosts. (laughs) It was. Thanks to one of our hosts. (laughs) Over the last hundred episodes. Please write in and remind us who you were. But yeah, just to follow up, Z appears exactly once in the number zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had, somebody had said Q, mm-hmm. uh, Q and quadrillion Quint- and quintillion, yeah. and what was the other uh, quadzillion? Red herring letter we had. I think that was it. Those actually, just the Q and the Z. Yeah. All made up numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had zero. All numbers are made up. True. Wait, no, that's all words. Mm-hmm. Question seven: An actor, a musician, a revolutionary. These are the only three famous figures mentioned by name in the Don McLean song, American Pie. Who are these three people? It's one of these questions. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, all three. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I will let you know that in two of the cases, they are mentioned by last name only. Oh, I don't know these. Yeah, I can't. uh... All right. I am locked in. Yeah, I don't. I I said... uh, James Dean, Elvis Presley, and Jake Rivera. Okay. Those are interesting. I said uh, James Dean, Bob Dylan, and Paul Revere. Not bad. I said Joe McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker, television. <laughs> <laughs> Joe DiMaggio. Three times. <laughs> Three times. Well, uh, James Dean was indeed correct. Uh, the lyric, if I remember right, is um, the jester sang for the king and queen in a 
from a book she borrowed from James Dean. Uh, the other two that uh, nobody got were um, something about the quartet practicing in the park uh, while Lennon mm. read a book on Marx. Mm. Oh. John Lennon, Karl Marx. You know what's funny is I just guessed an actor randomly out of all the actors in the world, and I got that right. Nice. And I've never heard the song before. And, so. you know, as a karaoke host, I've heard the song just far more than I've ever needed to, and I never realized that it was Lennon as in John Lennon and it's, not it's Lennon not... as in Vladimir Lennon. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that makes the uh, quartet practicing in the park reference a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, as I think they were referring sensible. to the Ebbets Field Beatles concert mm. in the 60s. One of these days I'm going to bust out a John Lennon impression, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, imagine that. All right, question eight. What pro football Hall of Famer, single season record holder, and current media personality is one of today's best known people with what is known in medical circles as diastema? Mm-hmm. Either diastema or diastema. Is that when you lose all the hair on the top of your head, but you still have it on the sides <laughs> of your head? <laughs> Are we not talking about Terry Bradshaw? <laughs> I thought you were going the Urlacher yeah, route with that. Yeah. No, he got that all fixed. Yeah, it's when you lose all your hair and then you show up on billboards with a rug. Yeah, if, you, if you've driven anywhere in Chicago, you know that Brian Urlacher has his hair there everywhere. Oh, and and no offense to the legend, but it just looks wrong. Yeah. Well, they're all puns, too. It's like hair locker and like mm-hmm. then Ryan Sandberg has so, his own. Uh, Brian Urlacher sued another hair uh, company for using his image in their ads. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Not Restore. Oh. oh. Yeah. So... Don't do that. You've been folks. doing your research, Ken. They were like, they were like, oh, this is the same procedure, but it wasn't the same company. Uh, okay, this guy from uh, Kelly yeah, and uh, Kelly Ripa. Kelly Ripa. Brett Favre Stray, falls down on his feet. Strayham. Mm-hmm. Stray. David. Oh, yeah. it's probably it's probably what I have. Okay, <laughs> Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan. That's what I had. I wrote Strahan. <laughs> Stray. It's a Stray. <laughs> Stray. Just a loose piece of pork running around. <laughs> Uh, yeah, diastema is the medical term for uh, effectively gap-toothedness, yeah. Yeah. a large prominent gap in your teeth. So Michael Strahan, one of the uh, most famous people in the world today that uh, has that particular condition. Jason subtly reminding me that I have one, and now I will go into the corner yeah. quietly. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question nine, guys. Orca, flying wasp, Jenny, victorious and Belafonte are all names found in movies, but this is not a list of character names. What are they all examples of cinematic names for? Neil? Boats. Boats. (laughs) Orca, Jaws, boats. Well, you get a ship in here, you get a John Sharp. Banging in US, Indianapolis. Quit, please. Please stop. Grab me another please iron Please stop. Grab quit. me an iron brew. And the iron brew is in the forest. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this was, of course, after we had to cut Neil's rendition of Boats and Hose. So. Mm. I heard everyone say boats, and then it came to me. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that happens. Uh, I, my actual answer, I thought maybe red herring, so it's wrong. Well, I was originally thinking planes, and then I thought about orca, and I went boats. Yep, those are five somewhat famous examples of boats or ships in films. Uh, you guys want to go through all five of them? Orca, sure. of course, from Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenny in Forrest Gump. Jenny. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Victorious, I think, was Master and Commander. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, top of my head, I don't remember where Flying Wasp and Belafonte came for, came from. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys do. Step Brothers. How dare you? Maybe you take that 10 seconds to look it up. No, but nope. Mm-hmm. No, we just power through? Power yeah. through. All right, post it in a comment on the uh, listener thread for this. Or don't. Or uh, it'll be in uh, in our group. The crop. The crop. So, where you can so join. join us there. Exactly. You and listen. to put one more shot in the temple on this game, uh, question 10. Ah, school in uh, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> question 10. When measuring large quantities of beer, two barrels equals a hogshead. But what word, often used slangily to describe any large amount, is an actual unit of measure equal to two hogsheads or 126 gallons in the U.S.? I've got to guess. Uh, buttload. <laughs> I also said buttload. Uh, I was tempted to go assload, but I went butt. Uh-huh. Oh, I said Portsmouth. I don't know what that means. 
Well, three of you just got a buttload of points because right. it is indeed buttload or more specifically just the a term butt. butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, although they seem to be pretty interchangeable from what I found over the weekend. All right. Well, I bring my A game for you guys. Come on now. My points are up to 95. I have 65. I have 55. I'm playing very poorly, guys. I'm sorry. I had a little bit more math to do. I have 105. Oh, oh smart wow. ass. You had to add 10 extra points. <laughs> it took a while. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that is what you guys are bringing to the table for the final questions of the game. Mm-hmm. A pittance. That's what I'm bringing. <laughs> I don't know. Just keep keep pouring the iron brew. I That's all this I care going to be like my Vegas performance and the points are all going to go away. <laughs> Well, for this very special 100th episode, there were five categories that I felt we needed to include, mm-hmm. and they are a lack of mm-hmm. seriousness oh, no. meets a little bit, and the fifth category, sports of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote sports after <laughs> Now, is, is meat spelled with an A? It's about pork. Meats is indeed spelled with an A. Okay. And more specifically, of knowledge is OF knowledge. Okay. All right. Looks like all the wagers are in. So let's get those questions. All right. So uh, final question number one. The category was a lack. A dauntless prince laments. Alas, alas is what I lack. I lack alas, alas, alack in the opening number of what Broadway musical based on a fairy tale? Man. That was me grumbling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. For, for context. All right. Number two, category of seriousness. Elliot was certainly a seriousness in his crime-fighting efforts in the 20th century. In 2014, senators from Illinois proposed renaming the headquarters of what federal organization after the untouchable number three category meets mm-hmm. and in this case it is m-e-a-t-s known in france as a contra filet the same cut of beef is known in the u.s by many names among which are names that refer to what two cities all right number four category is a little bit Useful because it contains the same amount of information as a digit would in hexadecimal notation. What descriptive name has been given to a group of four bits or half a byte? All right. And number five, of knowledge, or in this case, OF knowledge. OF is the baseball abbreviation for outfielders, of which two are named in the classic Abbott and Costello routine, who's on first. What question and answer are the names of the left and center fielder in that skit? I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, while we mull over these uh, questions, I think we have some uh, special messages from listeners who wanted to call in and uh, share some thoughts with us. So let's, uh, let's hear some of those right now. 
Hey, Triviality, this is Ryan Clefcorn Myers, of course. Uh, I just wanted to, of course, thank you so much for all the hard work you guys do. I don't think many of the listeners realize just how much effort you put into it. And uh, my journey with you guys has been very weird. When I first started listening, it took me about 20 episodes to be able to differentiate everyone's voices. And then I had this crazy idea. I brought it to Neil, and you guys made Bloodsport a thing, and so I'll always forever be thankful for that. Uh, thank you so much for doing that and the upcoming Season 2, and I will see you guys around. Thank you again so much for all you do. Bye, guys. Hi, it's Carmela from Trivial Warfare. I just wanted to say... Um, how proud of you guys I am for um, for reaching 100 episodes. That's a huge accomplishment. Uh, it, even as you said in your recording, it's not something that a lot of podcasts do. So I'm really happy for you guys. I'm really proud of you guys. And uh, here's to 100 more. Bye. Hello, this is Paul Paquette from Trivia Hall of Fame and the Ottawa Trivia League calling to congratulate Triviality on an amazing milestone. I look forward to hearing another 100, 200, 500 episodes from you guys. Congratulations again from all of us in Ottawa and TriviaHallOfFame.com. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Paul McLaughlin from Brick, New Jersey here. I just wanted to say congratulations on hitting your 100th episode milestone. Uh, if, uh, if you guys hadn't been handing out those business cards outside of Geek Bowl in Boston, I might still have no idea that trivia podcasts were even a thing. So I'm always going to be indebted to you for that. Uh, keep up the great work. Here's to many more milestones. Thanks for all the great content. Enjoy, guys. Hello. This message is for Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is from Kendall Whitehead or Portillo. I don't know what we decided my last name is. Um, but anyway, congratulations on 100 episodes. You guys have brought me so much joy on my heavy L.A. commutes. Um, traffic is really bad to and from court, and triviality has just been a breath of fresh air into my life. I've, I've had so much fun with it. And um, I hope you guys don't call it quits after the 100th episode. So here's to 100 more. Thanks so much. Hey guys, Kiana Cutney here from Philly, wishing you all a very happy 100th episode. Uh, you guys are doing really great things in the trivia podcast genre. Uh, here's to 100 more episodes and 100 more and 100 more and 100 more because we're all super obsessed and we love you guys. Bye. And thanks again to all those uh, listeners who uh, left us voicemails. It does mean a lot to us uh, hearing your responses. And uh, thank you so much for calling in. Mm -hmm. And without further ado, let's get our answers in for these questions. Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll start with question one. Alack. A dauntless prince laments, alas, alas is what I lack. I lack alas, alas alack. In the opening number of what Broadway musical based on a fairy tale? Well, I just had to guess on this one. Uh, I wagered 10, and I put Princess and the P. Mm, I wagered 10 and said Spider-Man the Musical. Yeah, I was kicking myself because I couldn't remember this one, um, but I guessed Princess and the P. I mean, Once Upon a Mattress, not Princess and the P. Oh, yeah. I wagered 10, and it is Once Upon a Mattress. <laughs> it is the Carol Burnett uh, musical, Once Upon a Mattress. Based on Princess and the Which was absolutely based on Princess and the P. I'm MP. giving myself points. <laughs> and corrected. the uh, first musical I appeared in in high school. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. I played in the pit orchestra for... I, I think Jeff mattress. gets points, too. He knew what he was stupid. talking about. Yeah, yeah I'll Matt give him that. gets points. Oh, okay. Let me just put that No points there. for Matt. <laughs> points for everybody else. <laughs> uh. All right. Number two category was of seriousness. Uh, Elliot was certainly a serious Ness in his crime-fighting efforts in the 20th century. In 2014, senators from Illinois proposed renaming the headquarters of what federal organization after the untouchable? All right. I wagered another 10 here. Might... Um, be like a you know the whatever the drug enforcement administration mm -hmm. is but i thought it was just the fbi that he was in so put fbi okay i wagered 10 and i said the federal bureau of investigation i wagered five on this one and every other one and i said fbi i wagered 10 and i believe he was in the fbi so that was my most logical choice so i went fbi yeah, he very much was in the FBI. However, mm. in 2014, the uh, proposal, which ultimately got uh, voted down in committee, was to rename the headquarters of the ATF, mm. the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. And tax evasion. <laughs> Makes sure. sense. All right, number three category was meats. 
Known in France as a contrafilet, the same cut of beef is known in the U.S. by many names, among which are names that refer to what two cities? Um, another 10 here. Mm. I thought New York strip steak for sure, and uh, I don't know what that uh, would be called otherwise, so I just put uh, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put, I wagered 10, I had New York strip, and I don't think this is right because I know this is more of just like a style of cooking it, but I said <laughs> Pittsburgh. Sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, so I wagered five again. I went uh, my two favorite uh, cities in Pennsylvania. I said Pittsburgh and Philly. Mm. Yeah, I wagered uh, 10, and I said uh, Philly and Potash. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you were right when you said that uh, Pittsburgh is a style of cooking. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh Ray is basically yeah. or, or blue, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also known as blue steak. Uh, Ken was halfway there. It is uh, known as a New York strip steak, yeah. but uh, for reasons I don't know offhand, it is also known countrywide as a Kansas City strip steak. Mm, that makes sense. And as far as I can tell, there is no semantic difference between the two. Yeah, we so like when I was at the steakhouse, we had a, a New York strip, and then we had a bone in KC. And they're technically, it's just a different style of, or different style of cutting them, but it's right. the same. Yeah, because it's bony ones. Yeah. So that makes sense. Also known by names like Delmonico Steak, uh, which I think is named for a hotel in New York. We also had a Delmonico, yeah. which was the most expensive steak. Oh, I sang a lyric uh, in Hello Dolly as Cornelius. It was, uh, and we'll see a show at Delmonico. Great. There you go. That and if I remember right, having. Delmonico Steak uh, refers to, uh, one of these steaks cooked and served in a specific type of sauce. In a nice mm. Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, That's the cuts are all the same. Mm. All right, number four, a little bit. Useful because it contains the same amount of information as a digit would in hexadecimal notation. What descriptive name has been given to a group of four bits or half a byte? Uh, for 10, I said a quart. Uh, I wagered 10 and most of those words were nonsense to me. So I said a moon and night. I don't know. Uh, Hexadecimal's got 16, I think, so I said 16. Okay. Four bits equals a gilda. <laughs> Dutch money. <laughs> I really thought one of you was going to get this one because uh, in non-computer context, if you take about half a bite of something, uh-huh. you just take a nibble. Um. Mm. Four bites is equivalent to a nibble in computer parlance. I don't care for that. <laughs> and finally, number five, OF knowledge. OF is the baseball abbreviation for outfielders, of which two are named in the classic Abbott and Costello routine, who's on first. Mm-hmm. What question and answer are the names of the left and center fielder in that skit? I put for 10 points, how and him. Uh, I wagered 10. I think left is left out, and I think maybe center was out there. That's what I said. I, I uh, d- knew I wasn't going to get it because I'm not familiar with this, so I put a giant line through the box mm. on my page. Uh, I wagered 15, and uh, the only question I can think of in the skit is when he goes, why? Because. So I said, why and because. And Neil with 15 points. The left fielder why? was named why. The center fielder was named because. That makes more sense. The right fielder is never explicitly named in the Abbott and Costello version, right. although later versions have given him... Uh, names which i think one of them is i don't care anymore uh, matt mm, that's fair i felt that about 10 minutes ago well we've let all the air out of this uh game's 80. balloon how did we finish right. up guys uh so i lost 50 points and i end up at a robust 15 well done matt yes. uh i ended up uh with 50 so i don't feel too bad about myself and it looks like i dropped some uh 30 points and added uh ended up with 65 mm-hmm I was up, then I was down, 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 but I only wagered five across the board, so I went from 105 down to 90. Oh. That means you're today's cream of the crop. All right. And I've been uh, here maligned from the top to the bottom. And me with the lowest score, um, this will be my last episode now is how this works. Yep, it's Uh, elimination style. (laughs) Yeah. The crop is spoken. Uh, Take your last sip of Iron Brew and uh, see yourself out. Get the f*** out of here. (laughs) I thought we discussed that henna tramp stamp for the loser. Mm, no, no thanks. It's only uh, six weeks. Well, thank you for today's sponsor, Iron Brew Addy. Thank you for... Uh, a sponsor. We started drinking it, and we're like, we don't know if we can get on this, but now the bottle's basically gone. I do think that we all just crashed about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, but it's great. I mean, it, the, the taste is uh, palpable, and it's, it's uh, enjoyable. Palpable. <laughs> it's certainly flavorous. <laughs> the drink you could drink. You could get paid to do a promotion with that kind of language. <laughs> 
Iron brew, technically a food stuff. <laughs> we appreciate all of our listeners sticking with us through all these uh, sh- shenanigans, 100 episodes of shenanigans, some more than others. This one, probably most of all. But uh, here's to another 100, guys. Yeah. Thank you very Let's much. Say 100 years or 100 episodes? 100 years. 100 years year. more. 100 years. We're going to be the Rip Van Winkle of podcasting. I mean, did I say 100 years? You just said 100. Right. I believe. Um, <laughs> you did. No, to echo Ken, thank you very much for sticking with us. Uh, if you've been with us from the beginning, it means a lot. You know, we, we've released an episode every week without fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, we figured, you know, today we kick our legs up, literally, with Ken here, his legs around the table. Yeah, it's, um, it's we've worked hard. And I think that's actually what caused my performance sorry. to drop. <laughs> the nausea. sitting next to... Yeah. Uh, I did want to read uh, my favorite uh, review as okay. we're on episode 100. Uh, this is from Film Vault Fan, and it says, Awesome. Thank you. Oh, I agree. Poignant, simple. Yeah. More of those. Elegant. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much, though, to all of you, especially um, those uh, who found the show, told mm-hmm. some other people, and even became a Patreon supporter. So you guys are the reason we continue yeah. to do this. And even Jason. And Jason. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Jason, for putting this band together. You're the Lou Pearlman of our NSYNC, and at one point you will go to jail or something. town. Excuse me. <laughs> no, that tracks. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, we appreciate it. You write the best questions and keep us uh, keep us honest. On that note, thank you all for listening to episode 100 of Triviality. They I feel like come. the podcast rails are somewhere <laughs> east of us right now, and we've just gone clear off of them. You guys ready for question three? Yep. Pour me some more please. iron brew, please. <laughs>